0: It is Tudutuga, Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast. I'm Kevin Jesus. That's Christian Ferrer. That's Mitch Ferrer. My goodness, we have lots to talk about today, and it all gets started with World Cup qualifying Portugal. Two games away from booking their spot to Qatar. They've got Republic of Ireland coming up. They've also got the big game, and that is Serbia. That is the final game of World Cup qualifying. Uh, boys, Portugal never makes it easy for themselves. I mean, they're guaranteed at least a playoff spot. Uh, so right off the bat, very quickly, do they get the two Ws and book their spot to Qatar?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm really confident coming into these uh, this next few games for the Slesson. Uh, what we saw last time out is exactly what we've been wanting to see from the Slesson. They've been on point. They've been playing well. Everyone's firing on all cylinders. There's a lot of players in our Slesson right now that are in very peak form uh, at club level. So I think we're going to be getting top performances from everybody on, on the squad. And, um, you know, I was, I was <clears throat> not thrilled with, with Fernandson's call-ups, yeah. but I mean, there's enough quality on there to, to certainly get the job done, but I really, really would have liked to see him bring in a couple of younger center backs, um, either Tiago Diallo, who's been playing really well for Lille. Uh, he's been partnering up with Jose Font, um, at Lille, you know he's a young kid, uh, but I think we need to start getting some young blood, or Inasu from from uh, Sporting. Either one of the two center backs, I would have liked to see them get a call up because I, I think we need to start integrating these younger center backs. Because uh, look, it's all four back there, man. I know. <laughs> you know, is I mean, it's we got to start bringing in some of these some of these younger players.
2: For sure. I uh, honestly, after last game Portugal played, I think uh, they're listening to our podcast. <laughs> Ever since that rant with uh, not playing well with Ronaldo, we've been looking really good that last game. Like you said, uh, firing on all cylinders. And uh, I totally agree. They, they need to add a little bit more young blood. Guys like Jalo, guys like Inasio. Just because, like you said, they're they're all getting older. I think this is Pep's... Maybe not. He's playing really good now. But I personally think it's his last World Cup. And I think it's that time to start integrating some young talent. I'm not saying they got to start. But just play a couple games, a couple minutes. Know, start getting their uh, feet wet a little bit, and yeah, so like I like I said, yeah, I don't agree with the whole like all the call ups. There are certain players like I love Felix. He's he's an amazing player. He's a pivotal point of our national team in the future, but he didn't have that many minutes yet. So maybe guys like Ricardo orta should have got a call. Other, it would have been a great. What about Jota for from
0: Celtic? Come on, he's I don't know. Such I, good I'm form.
2: Not, I'm not on the Jota trade yet. Uh, I hope that's fine. You're him, slow. But... That's fine. <laughs> Hey, I just want to
0: say hello to Daniel Fernandes, who's tuning in.
2: Uh, He's also, uh,
0: I I think he's a little hungover because he says that uh, Mitch has a nice camisola. So uh, (laughs) his eyes might be a little blurry this morning. I don't know uh, what's going on. But, uh, you know what, I, the game that really worries me is remembering Day when Portugal takes on the Republic of Ireland, because we all saw what happened the last time that they played, where Portugal was just giving it to them, couldn't get anything done until who else but the GOAT himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. This game is in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, I mean, I'd be I'd be a little nervous a little bit that I mean, Ireland has they're wanting to play spoiler here, right? So it could be – it's one of those dangerous games. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what happens. I do think Portugal ends up getting the W, but it wouldn't put it past (laughs) them to see this end up in a draw.
1: I agree, man. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, Yeah. I think the key is going to be capitalizing finishing our chances. And, again, I think it comes down to we've got a lot of players, especially in the attacking roles, that are in very good form right now is in great form right now. You've got Diogo Jota, who's in great form right now. Brunovic Silva, who's in great form right now. Rafael Leão is in great form right now. So you've got all these players that can come in and play attacking roles if they're not starting. These guys are going to come in. Their, their confidence is high, so we need to have them on and they need to be putting their chances away. So I think, you know, if you look at the last game against Ireland, we just could not... Finish. And that was our biggest problem. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. So I think if we're able to capitalize on our chances, I think it should be should be a comfortable win
2: for sure. And again, we're talking Portugal here, so anything can happen. Any anything can happen. Usually, when these in these games, we usually tend to crumble. Uh, I remember uh, a few years back when we needed to beat uh, who was it? Was it Hungary? Oh no, it was Ukraine. Oh, we needed to beat yes. Ukraine, and we lost in our last game. Yeah. So anything can happen. Like, we usually that's make it for but...
0: That's why I say the Ireland game is the one that worries me the most. You yeah. get the W against Ireland, we're in the driver's seat against Serbia, right? Yeah. Short Better of a loss, we're, we're in great shape. But, I mean, it, it's just... It's one of those things... I mean, thankfully, Portugal's in a situation where qualifying for the World Cup is an expectation and not a surprise. Right. Um, but at the same time, that also can be a little bit of a curse, right? Yeah. So we'll have to... See what that, happens with but that. But that
2: being said, the quality all in that field, you know, the, the the players we're putting forward, we should be, be winning easily. Yeah. Like, even if you just look at the game today with Manchester United versus Manchester mm-hmm. City, we had so much quality out there. Mm-hmm. We had Juan Cancil, we had Bernardo Silva, we had, you know, Ruben Diaz, we had Bruno Fernandes, we had Ronaldo. Like, we have big, big, big players that, you know, even a game like Ireland, we should not even be having these conversations. should just be like, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah. You know, anything can happen, but, you know. but Well, you know, no like knowing our history, we, we're still nervous, but well, yeah, I think you guys,
0: you guys have talked before about how, um, it was exciting to see Cristiano Ronaldo go to Manchester United because of the chemistry between him and Bruno Fernandes, uh, you know, and, and the way that that would kind of work not just on a national team level, but now you're getting that year round through the club and you're starting to really see that here. Uh, you know, Bruno Fernandes had that really nice uh heel pass. Uh, in the last game, I think it was the Champions League game or whatever, but uh, they're finally really starting to click on that club level. I think that's a great thing for Portugal because now you're gonna hopefully see that translate into the national team. Because, like, look, let, let's call a spade a spade here, it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't there, quite frankly, uh, in Euro 2020.
2: Oh, 100, and I, I think like some of the, the great national teams. Uh, in the past few years, a lot of them play together. Like if you look at that iconic Spanish team, uh, most of them are from Barcelona. Most of them are either Barcelona or, or Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. They play with they play with each other constantly, week in, week out. So having superstars that play together yeah. will only benefit Portugal. Like you have a you have it a lot with Manchester City. A lot of big pivotal Portuguese players play together now with Bruno uh, and Ronaldo playing together just it just could only benefit us man. not only
1: playing together but playing against each other is also helpful right because you get to know each other's strengths and weaknesses playing against each other just just as much as playing together that's again going back to your spain example that's again why those guys were so good when they clicked because they were so used to playing with and against each other for sure
2: for sure so yeah like that being said it's just it's just going to benefit us and and and, like it's funny because we talked about this it it was either going to make or break bruno It's either going to be really good or really bad. And you know what? Knock on wood. So far, it's been really good that they've been – those players together have just been fireworks. Those assists by Bruno Fernandes and those finishes by Ronaldo have just been, you know, really special to watch. Yeah.
1: I'd just like to see Dello start start getting a spot in in for Basaka there for yes for, for Man it, United. It's
2: one of those things that it's it depends what style you want. Like for example, today Man United played three three at the back. Yeah. I think that with three at the back, that would benefit a player like Dalot. Yeah. because when you have three at the back, it gives um, you know leeway for your right backs or your right wing backs to push forward and attack more. And I feel like. Dela is better offensively, offensively, and Juan Pissac is better defensively. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in the, in a the, in that kind of system, Law should be playing.
1: I agree, yeah. and and <clears throat> I mean, uh, guys like Mourinho have called him, you know, one of the best right backs that he's ever coached. Wow, right? So, I mean, that guy he is going to be a special talent but he he needs to be somebody that good for me he needs to be playing week in week out
2: so would you agree this this is just my personal opinion but i i almost get Cancelo vibes from him you know but i'm not saying he's as good yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously i'm not saying he's as good but you know he's a great attacking skillful yeah, right back
1: he is man. he is very good he yeah, is very, very, very good very good um i watched a lot of him at milan last year and man he was he was unbelievable Yes. I'm a big fan of Delo, and I, I really wish he he would have either <laughs> been loaned out or you know he would get the start with Man United because, like I said, a player that good needs to be playing week in week out.
2: You know what? I I hope because uh, Ole at the wheel is is not, he's not doing a very good job. He's riding that hey, bus man, right off the after cliff. This
1: morning, the Glazers might have got out the checkbook and cut him a seven point five million pound check to yeah hit the road. That's but that's we are. So talking- what do
0: they do? Do they bring back Sir Alex? On, on, and and I mean that with all sincerity. Do you bring back Sir Alex just to finish the season, and then you wait and make a big
2: splash for later in the year? I don't um, want to give Alex a heart attack, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> that.
1: No, no, man. The poor guy. Zizou a- is, the only, is the only option, I think. Right yeah, now. Zizou. Yeah. I think Zizou is is the man to to take United to where United should be. Yeah, um, Oli just can't do it zizu's worked with ronaldo before he knows how to get the best out of him he knows how to build a team around ronaldo and if that's what united obviously is is staking their kind of bet on is is ronaldo taking them to that next level i think the only sensible choice is to bring Zinedine down into that team
2: yeah uh there was a, a picture i seen i wish i sent it to you earlier so you could have put it up but uh it showed how um manchester united today by halftime where they were uh, like where the players were positioned tactically, and it was all over the place. Oh, it it was, was a complete horrible. mess. And like to be honest, Man United should be. I'm not saying they should win the prem, but they should easily be competing for top four position. Like that tactically, they they don't have any idea. There was no aggression. There was no confidence. There was no tactics. There was no nothing today. I don't. I just don't. I personally don't think he's a good coach. And uh, so I was. You letting,
1: don't agree with the people who say that Ronaldo is the problem.
2: Oh, of course not. Oh, that I think <laughs> after I think after the last few games you, we can see that Ronaldo was Oh,
1: because there was a lot of people. I I sent you guys a, a, a an article that I found on wallet about a guy from Italy who wrote an article basically saying that Ronaldo is the problem at United.
2: Yeah, it's funny because they they wrote that article and then the next game they lost to Cisuelo two one yeah. and they were like a dead place. Did. Yeah, yeah, Juventus yeah. did uh but man you know what people like to hate on on ron about his work ethic but i've seen a stat yesterday that he had he covers the most grounds and he makes the most runs only one player does uh, does more than him it's salah so he's the second highest he has the second highest work rate essentially in the Premier league right now so i i don't think he's the problem especially after today we can see that just tactically they're not there they're missing they have a lot of huge holes like i don't Personally, I don't think McTominay and Fred cut it for a team like Man United. I think they need a, a better CDM, like a way better CDM. They need another...
1: Robocop McTominay doesn't cut it? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I would I would like to see... Uh, I actually mentioned it earlier. I'd like to see a new CDM coming in. Maybe a guy like Paginia. He's a really good... I don't want him to leave, but... But uh, I like Puginia. i like another centre-back to come in for United. A guy like Kulubali, maybe, just throwing out a name. That's He plays for Napoli. He's a really good centre-back. And I'd like to give Dalwell a little bit more minutes. I think even just those three pieces would change the team. And then, obviously, you'd have to start with the coach. A guy like Zizou you brought up earlier. I think that's the only guy you can bring in at this well, point.
1: Well, it's, it's funny because we were watching the game today and we were talking and I, I asked you the question, do you think Bruno's playing too deep? Because he will Yeah. Like he yeah. Was, and, and we see that sometimes with the Slazon too. Like if he doesn't have <coughs> that really, really good core two midfielders behind him that can bring him the ball and give him that support, he'll fica completamente. Like he completely he's he becomes lost, man. Yeah. And and you need Bruno, a player like Bruno, you need him in the game. You need to get him the ball. He needs to have the ball at his feet. He needs to be making passes. You need to be making runs for him. Like that's how you get the most out of a guy like room for lunch. And, yes. and I just don't think that man United right now has that, has that, that core midfield that, it, that can win the ball and get him the ball and give him the support that he needs to get the best out of a guy like room for lunch.
2: So I'm not, I'm sure you heard this. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you a good example. Like, you know, Paul Pogba, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they say that Paul Pogba, for France, he's a different player than Man United. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is the reason why he's so much better in France mm-hmm. is because who's behind him? Angelo Conte. Angelo Conte does all that work behind him defensively, which gives him the <clears throat> leeway to do what That's he wants more yeah. offensively. Yeah. I think if a team like Man United had a great CDM like that, mm-hmm. it would just give more leeway to, to Bruno that he doesn't have to be so deep. He could play a little bit more further. Take a little bit more risks. I think it just, like, it just goes back to the coach, where they are tactically. I just don't think he's the right man for the job. I was actually listening to an English podcast, um, footy podcast, and they were actually saying that they think Ollie's the worst coach in the Premier League. He's like, not statistically, not in terms of points, but tactically, they just think he's, he's the worst coach in the Premier League. I, I'm not saying I'd go that far, but... Honestly, if so you if you a, compare him to a guy like Conte, yeah. compare him to a guy like Klopp, to a guy like Guardiola, would you put him in the
1: same conversation? No. Nowhere near. Here's a, here's a question I'm going to ask you. Do you think Man United is better or worse off than they were under Jose today?
2: Worse. I think they're worse. But th- this is the thing. It depends on how you look at it. And uh, I'm going to actually bring Bifika into this too. So before Mourinho... What, he was a great coach. We can't argue that. He's a great coach. Same with a guy like But I don't think that system works anymore where you can yell at players, you know, be hard on them, ride them. I think uh, Mourinho's problem at uh, Man United is that his the way he talks to players, the way he implements things, doesn't work for a lot of good players because they're, they're like princesses now. You know, you can't talk to certain players. they get all sensitive. And I think that's what the downfall is with Mourinho at Man United it was cuz he had that thing with Paul Pogba and they essentially chose Paul Pogba over Mourinho because it was an easier fix. Yeah. And uh like going back with George Jesus, I don't know if you heard about that blow up, I think I shared it in the in the chat. Players just don't they don't take that anymore. And I think Ole was doing a, a so much better job at United because he's a, he's a nice guy, you know what I mean? He he pumps egos and he's really <clears throat> passive. He doesn't hold people yeah. accountable. Yeah. So that that's, that's my personal opinion. That's on a it.
1: good point, man. It's honestly a really good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Oli has is going to be lasting very long, especially after today. I
2: personally, mean, I think he should have got fired after Yeah, I think he should have been fired after Liverpool. After Liverpool. I, I think, think so, they're so. holding on way too long, yeah. personally.
0: Yeah, and this is where you're going to get a lot. You're already getting pressure from the fans. You're going to start getting pressure from the players as well. And they're going to say, listen, we can't squander the opportunity. We just spent a lot of money bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. The last thing we need to do is just. You know, squander all of that away and just settle for the mid table here. So they're going to have to make some sort of uh, move here. I would imagine we've seen the last of uh and Solsire here, and then they'll have to wait and see. This is kind of goes again to prove that just because you were a good player doesn't mean you're a good coach. So,
1: well, else, well, like, let's say they don't go with Zizou. Who else would? Who else could they bring in for Oleg? just? I know, I know a
2: guy. I don't think it's going to happen, but the guy I would personally bring in is the Ajax coach. I think he's an amazing coach. I that's not going to happen
0: good. midseason. Nah, here. I don't, like I, I
2: that's why I said before I even said it, yeah. is I don't think it's going to happen. But a guy like that for United would be top. Yeah, 100%. Top. His okay, top guys. Right now.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about some uh, Portuguese teams here. Uh, one thing that is really starting to. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Here's actually a really good point. Uh, Ricky Ferreira, thanks for tuning in. Uh, United 17 points out of a possible 33 and 11 games is unacceptable. You're 100% right, uh, especially when you've got a team as stacked as they are. It is unacceptable. Now, with that being said, there's the Premier League. There's a lot of parody there. I mean, it, it's actually fun to watch this league, but my goodness, it is. They've got to get something done, as we've said. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. We have another person tuning in here, Havoc, saying he's hearing Diego from Atletico Madrid as a possible uh, replacement. Diego Simeone. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that, that be something? I don't know. That It'd be fun. For United.
1: Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be too, flipping uh, tables, so. though. He's a little too <laughs> defensive. For, <laughs> I, I think he's way too defensive for cool, yeah. United. So that, that, I'm not a fan of, of Simeone's style, man.
2: He's a good coach, though. Like, I think coach, he's right? more like a Conte style. He's he's a great coach. I know what you mean. He's very defensive. defensive. He doesn't play that sexy football. But I don't think it'll be a bad move, but it's not that. I'm with you.
1: I don't think he's the type of coach that knows how to get the most out of a guy like Ronaldo.
2: Oh, yeah. I think they clash. Right
1: now, Man United have placed all bets on Ronaldo. And you know how it is, man. When you have Ronaldo on your team, your team needs to be built around him. Yes you you just need to
2: that's why i think zizou so, would be the guy that's exactly why they have a great I think relationship zizou is
1: the only guy right now yeah. if if they're not going to bring in zizou don't bother getting rid of him yeah. because you're just going to waste another more money on another coach like i think zinedine they got, zinedine got money to zinedine burn
0: guy. it's fine Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They don't like to. They don't don't like like to to do it. it. That's the problem, guys. uh, I'm getting a little concerned here. A lot of the people that are tuning in are Benfica fans, and that's just (laughs) not cool. Um, So why don't we? A lot of smart people watching the podcast. (laughs) Let's bring them all down to earth here and talk about Champions League. And Benfica just dropped the ball big time against Bayern Munich uh, this week, losing five-two. They're now in third place. Uh, in uh, the standings. Um, I mean, I, I still feel they're looking pretty good to, for at least a Europa League uh, qualification. But um, I mean, what's going on there? I mean, we knew it would be a little bit of a tougher group, but uh, what's
1: going on? Well, <clears throat> first off, I'm going to start by saying let's not all hit the fucking panic button because Benfica dropped two games to arguably one of the best teams in Europe right now. So, I mean, when you watch Bayern play, they are on another level. So, I mean, you know, I, for us to, to think that we're going to go in and, and either win or get a point out of Bayern, it's, uh, you know, it, they're a very, very good team. So, um, you know, and the thing is, George Zuz did not go into either game to sit back and defend and try to get a point. He tried to play with Bayern. He tried to attack them. Um, you know, he did not sit back and and sit eleven guys behind the ball and try to try to you know squeeze a point out of the game. He didn't do that. So I mean when you're not doing that and you're going head to head with a team like Bayern, you're gonna get hit on the counterattack. And we got destroyed, man. We got destroyed because of the just pure quality. I mean, you, you see the like Lira Sane, that that goal he scored. I mean, Serge Gnabry, uh Lewandowski. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like this is this the quality there is, is it's night and day. Now on another side, I think there is a bit of a crisis going on at Bay Fika internally with regards, and you kind of alluded to it earlier with George Zuch and the players. And, and you were talking about it earlier and coaches and the old style of the way they scream at players. George Zuch has always been a nut job. Uh, <laughs> Like you watch, I don't know if you've ever. Uh, there's a there's a program out there on on Canal One's um, and they they do an interview with Candid the the Costa, who used to play with Port. He actually used to uh, be coached by Jorge Jesus in Bolnias back, like way back in the day. This is way before even Coach Braga, and he was talking about how crazy he was. Like he's always been this way. He's just a nut. He screams at players. That's just how he is. So when you look at a team like Benfica, and you were saying, you know, it's a new generation of players that don't really like that 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 tactically or or, you know that tactical approach from from a coach. They don't know him. They don't know how he is, and they don't like it. And you know, you got guys like you know some of the old guard, you know, PZ, Rafa, Andre Almeida, guys who have played under him before. They they kind of know how he is. (laughs) But these new guys that have come that have come into the team, you know, Otamendi, you know, Gilbert. Uh, Varisim, all these guys—they don't—they don't know how he rolls, man. And you saw it. There's a couple of videos going around out there where you have a, a throw-in that Gilberto was supposed to take. And George Zuz just, you know, typically George Zuz, fucking flailing his arms, you know, obviously, and and Gilberto just turns around and can, he smacks the ball at, towards George Zuz and says, "Come at
2: I didn't see that. Yeah.
1: So th- you see that kind of reaction mid-game. And it's like, man, there's obviously in the dressing room, there's a lot of stuff going on. The players may not like the way he's he's coaching. There's a lot of rumors that even Otamendi and him had a bit of a blowout. That's maybe why he didn't start against Bayern Munich. Uh, so there's, there's rumors that say uh, Otamendi threatened to... If, if George doesn't change the way he talks, that he threatened to leave in January. So in the dressing room right now, I think there's a little bit of mending to do. Maybe Holy Carson needs to come down and have a talk with George Azuz and say, hey, listen, you may need to tweak your approach a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I know Richie's saying the new, ge- new generation is soft. They respond well <laughs> to criticism. I I slightly I agree. agree with that as I well. I think I These agree. guys need to, need to uh, you know, toughen up a little bit and grow a little thicker skin um but at the same time yeah is George a little bit of a nut probably but he i think he means well i it, they're just not used to that to yeah. that style and when you're not winning games it doesn't help right yeah. when when you're you know you lost to to Portimenez, uh you know you're tying uh you know you're you're dropping you know you're, you're getting your ass kicked by Bayern munich like they're they're yeah. not they're not getting the wins so it, it's so yeah, I,
2: I agree. Like, uh, it's all about moments, and 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 now it's Bifica. Before it was Sporting. Porto's yeah. gonna get their their time. So, it was crazy because, like, I remember when uh, I'm looking here, Barcelona beat Bar. Uh, sorry, Bifica beat Barça three 0 and it was like peak. Yeah, we're back, and then right after, that's literally a few days later, lost to Porto Menes. Mm-hmm. They played to uh, to offense in the TASA Portugal. They barely beat them. Yeah. Uh, then they got beat by Bayern, which you can't really blame anybody with get but still another loss Vizela I don't know if that was an amazing game they scored literally with a minute left so that would could have been another tie another poor result uh Guimarães, they tied in the league cup next game they tied Estudio, then they lost to Bayern you know like you could just see something like yeah. their morales yeah. they're just they're not it's, at a good moment you yeah. know what I mean no they're not and that's and 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 and, and, and soccer and, and any sports when you're losing it's, it's harder it gets and harder. harder and, and harder and the pressure
1: because get, especially in portugal you're expected to win so the yeah. pressure is super high and yeah it's 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 a bad it's a bad Moment right now for them. Well, and when you're not
0: winning, every little problem becomes amplified, amplified, right? right And it becomes a huge issue. So it'll be very interesting to see. So while Benfica is losing and doing a terrible job, you know who's doing a great job? Sporting is. (laughs) And uh, they came away with a big 4 0 win (laughs) over Besiktas. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's put them into a tie for second place with uh, Borussia Dortmund. And that sets up a huge matchup on November 24th, Dortmund versus Sporting. Essentially, you've got a trip to the round of 16 on the line for that game. Um, how are we feeling about uh, Sport? I mean, the atmosphere uh, at Alvalade was out of this world. It was really good to see.
2: Yes, uh, we're at a really great moment. We had a lot of players injured uh, that are coming back and, you know, we're coming into form right now. Uh that last game that we played against Besiktas, Uh, I know it was a week in Besiktas. I'm, I'm I, I know that, but you can just you just know when a team is gelling and you can just see that they were solid. We had players like Sarabia that's just getting used to our league. That's finally you're starting to see his quality come up. He had an amazing game. Uh his pass is like Paulinho, man. He's missed a couple massive chances off, off of uh Sarabia's foot. We're 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 definitely flying all cylinders. Uh I wanted to add that if we I know it's a big ask, but we're playing uh Dortmund at home. If we win by two goals, we're automatically qualified. It doesn't matter what happens in the last game. So and I remember like when we lost five one to 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 Ax, the whole world was crashing. We're like, oh man, we're we don't even know if we'll make Europa League. Uh <laughs> you know, we yes. can't handle the pressure. And then just a few weeks later, we're on top.
0: <laughs> Vancouver
2: Whitecaps could be pesquitas. You know, you're you're not wrong there. You're you're. I
0: don't think you're quite wrong there. I love it. I think they uh, might I mean, be a little the, the, bit
2: better than uh, Estudio though. But we'll, we'll see. <laughs>
0: I will say this, though. If there's ever a time to beat Dortmund, now is the time. They've got some injury issues. They've got some injury concerns. So they are ripe for the picking. So there is a possibility that Sporting could be going over into the round of 16, which, you know, would be such a good moment for this club. I mean, we all know. we it, Sporting doesn't have a lot of the money that, you know, uh, Benfica and Sporting uh, – Benfica and Porto do. So uh, it would be good for the organization to get into the round of 16 and then see where things can happen. But uh, it will be really interesting to see what happens there.
1: Speaking of the organization, I just have to say something. You know, I think one of the big, big reasons why Sporting is experiencing so much success is Ruben I don't think anybody can deny that. Ruben is such a great coach um and you know he's done such a good job he's so young and i think all sporting fans should be very thankful for a man called frederico verandes, verandes. <laughs> dr verandes and i think all sporting fans should be very thankful that they have such a great president who so, brought him into the club so
2: we have dr verandes and we have dj bruno carvalho did you guys see that video of him djing in a nightclub in, uh, in Lisbon? Man, that guy is something else, man. I don't know about how he, how he mixed his songs there. I think he needed a little bit of a little bit more work, but that was pretty cool to see that.
0: Guys, hell is frozen yeah. over. Benfica fans are saying nice things about Sporting. For Portugal, I hope Sporting goes through. Let's keep that it's ranking back- up. I agree, yeah. guys. At this yeah. point, we can all you know we can all shit on our on our other teams or whatever, and we we'll have fun with it, but. We always want the Portuguese teams to do well because that does help with our rankings. So that brings us to FC Porto. And uh, a 1-1 draw with AC Milan. They're now in second place uh, in their group. I mean, the group at death, it, it, it's pretty unreal. Porto, I thought, probably deserved the win. Uh, it's unfortunate that they came away with a draw there. Um, nope. And then, I mean, they're going to have their hands full now going up against Liverpool and Atletico through the final two games at this group stage. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Porto may have done enough to at least earn um, a spot in the Europa League. But what do you guys think?
2: Honestly, I remember going back to our earlier podcasts. we talked about uh, where the teams were uh, after the summer, after the transfer window. And uh, we said that Sporting had a great transfer and Bifica had a great transfer window. But I know you alluded that Porto didn't seem like they did enough and you didn't think they are going to have a good season. And I mentioned that Porto... Never is really talked about enough when they're offseason, but they always field a great team. They're actually looking like one. Like I think between them and sporting right now, they're the two best in terms of form right now in Portugal. Uh, a guy like Luis Diaz, he's playing lights out. Honestly, I look at that player and I can see him play in any team in the world right now. He's just he, You just know, after we watch soccer as much as we watch soccer, when a player is special. He is a special talent. He's playing absolutely unreal. He scored again in the Champions League. And, uh, yeah, Porto has some really good prospects. They're playing really nice soccer. They're scoring at will. They're they're in a good spot. I would not be surprised if they get in in second and, and go into the knockout stage. I
1: would put money on it, man. Yeah, I would put money on it. They yeah. looked very good. And, you know, you look at AC Milan. I don't know if you guys watched. I watched AC Milan play Roma last weekend. AC Milan is a very good team, man. A very good team. And they could not handle <coughs> Porto. In that first half, yeah. like Bort was 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 destroying them that first half. So you know you, you look at that and you're like, yeah, they're they've got what it takes, man. They really do. They play they play that that really hard kind of you can see the. the Jogging with the alma. Like they, they really, like Rick, really play. Like Rick,
2: Ricky just said, there, I, I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, they, they, that grit, that that hard mentality, and that's a lot. That comes a lot down to Conceição, and and, and you know, as a Benfiquista, you know, obviously, uh, you know, our, our rivalry with Port is is what it is. But I've always said Conceição is a great coach, and he is able to get a lot out of his players. You know, we talked about, you know, when Port shit the bed against Liverpool, man, look at the way that they responded and 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 you know i don't know if you notice it but it's something i love i should never use the word love and port in the same sentence <laughs> something i actually you know admire that port does is after every game on the field he gets yeah. everyone in that little in that little group and you can see him talking to the players get you know it's it's those little things that that Conseil does really well that he gets those guys and they play for each other man and and you know when you look and we talk about you know, Wayfika in their moment and, and George Zuz and stuff and the differences, I think that's the difference. Conceição is not a, a soft coach. He's not a soft coach. You see the way he screams, yells and everything, but it's the way behind the scenes, he can unite the team and get them playing for each other. And I think that's the big difference. I think that's, that's the big, you know, difference between him and him, him and George Yeah. Cause you look at the way Port responded after that game. Yes. You know, and they just come together. They play for each other and they, they're just, yeah. you know. And
2: another thing that I noticed, I know does this in a different way. They're completely different coaches. I feel like uh, Amorim is more of a players coach. He always protects the mm-hmm. players. Yeah. He's very, very well-spoken. If you notice um, his IQ with the media, I'm starting to learn that that's a whole nother playing field is how you address mm-hmm. the media because no players doubt. hear it. No
1: doubt. He's
2: the key to that. But what they have similar is that they always talk about how big their team is. So if you hear Ruben Amorim is like, oh, you're playing for a team like Sporting, we have to win every game. Conceição, when they got spanked by Liverpool, is that if, if this is how Porto is going to play, a, a big team like Porto, then I don't want to coach this. Because he, what I'm get, that's what I'm trying to get at, is that they hold them to a
1: high level. Yeah.
2: And they yeah. implement that playing for those badges, You ha- it's a responsibility, and you have to represent your club to the highest level. And I feel like although they do it in two different ways
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh the end goal is their that standard is very high mm-hmm. and that's one thing i totally agree with you is that he he does that very well he yeah. can get the most out of players yeah. and he like i said he holds that standard. and
1: they've so got high. depth now they do has a lot of depth like we talked about it kind of towards the the beginning of the season we didn't know if they were going to have the depth but look at up front man he's 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 cycling through Taremi, martinez um uh even Ilsen. uh who's the other one there Pep
2: Pepe Pep, uh, not Pep, Pep, Pep or the or Brazilian
1: Pepe. defender but they got a Brazilian Pepe. winger Pepe. so like you've got you've got depth up front and they can all score goals man like they're all scoring goals they're they're playing well you got Luigi, like the team has depth and you see it and it's coming through because they're do they're playing well on in in the league and then they're going into the Champions League and they're putting out these 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 great performances against big clubs they're not playing they're not out there playing Besiktas.
2: Ah, God. There we go. <laughs> to be fair, though, to be fair, we played really well against Dortmund, too. And you can't argue that. I mean, we did lose one nothing, but we were without uh, a lot of our top players. I think this next game is going to be a really, really good game against <laughs> Dortmund. Yes. Against Dortmund. Yes. At home. I Honestly, like, if we play like we did against Besiktas, mm-hmm. I know it's, Magnified because it was dish. it was a week of dish. I do realize that. But you like I said, when you, you can just see the team solid, you can see that the way they pressed the ball, the way they, they were super organized, they were it was just the best version of sporting this year. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's it's I can see if we beat Dorman, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying two-nothing, but I think they can get a result. Especially with those injury problems
0: facing Dortmund. So I think it's definitely ripe for the picking. Hey, guys, we've already sort of been talking a little bit about uh, the Liga teams. So uh, that brings us to our favorite well, my favorite uh, part of the show panel picks. Hands up. Then we go on the drop. All right, so it was uh, an interesting week. We all went 4-1, and, and the Braga, we had two games that we were picking with Braga, and those were the ones that kind of tripped us up. Um, Christian, you thought that Braga would lose in the Europa League. You were wrong, um, and which we got to say, congratulations to Braga. They're in first place right now in their group in uh, the Europa League with nine points, so uh, they're doing really well As uh, there. Uh, both Mitch and I thought that Braga would tie Against Joe Vicent, That was not the case. Braga got the win. So uh, we are looking in pretty good shape here. Let me just uh, pull up our current picture this week in two seconds. Sorry, this is a little clunky. Here we go. Let's take a look. So we've got uh, three uh, the games involving the Big Four. And we got some international games as well. So uh, Porto versus Santa Clara. We're all going... Porto, no big surprise. Santa Clara is just a disaster. They'll be
1: relegated this year but, without a doubt. But Santa Clara did beat Porto in the Tasa de Liga. So I was really, really like, do I do I go with a draw here? Can they? they uh, but I don't think so. They okay, don't.
0: do you really? Porto, I'm sure, will be approaching this game much differently than they did with the Tasa. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, Sporting Passos Freire. Uh, we're all smart and going with Sporting without a doubt. Uh, Benfica versus Braga. This is a huge game uh, this season. Uh, you both are going Benfica. I'm going with the draw. I just think there's too many issues with uh, Benfica. Braga's in good form. I mean, Braga, they're on a 10-game unbeaten streak. They haven't lost since September 16. Whereas, yeah, Benfica, whereas Benfica, you know, three-game winless streak. So I, I'm i going with the draw there. I think that... Uh, It'll be uh, single points all around uh, for that game.
2: Yes, I, I was actually gonna pick a draw. It was I just slightly led towards Befica because I know they just dropped from first to third. I can't see them dropping more points. I think they're gonna be really uh, up for it this game. And they usually, besides the Tasa, have a really good record against uh, against Braga. They usually used to call them uh, Befica B. So I, I do I do think it's gonna be a very tough game. A uh, very close game. Uh, it's a really good Braga side. Udi Medeiros, I'm a big fan of him. He used to play for Sporting. He's coming to it, coming onto his owner now. He was injured for a long time. They have some really good players, man. If you look at their team, you actually look at like break down every position. They actually have a really, really good team. So it's going to be a tough game. But like I said, I'd slightly lead towards them just because I can't see them dropping. What's
1: well, funny? Right so when when Sporting played Braga, we we asked if you thought it was a, a must win for Sporting at yes. the time. yes. I think this is a must-win for Befica. Not so much because if we lose points here, we may not be able to get them back. I just think from a morale standpoint, Befica needs a win. And I think against the Braga, a team like Braga, it can get the team back up and feeling good and, and get their spirits up. Like This Braga team, like you said, <coughs> is very good. And I think if Benfica if can get a win here, it gets us back on track. So I think in a lot of ways, it is a must-win for this team because if we lose against Braga, this this team starts going in a tailspin down. Yes. And, and oh, that and, train
0: will be derailed. It'll it is, be off the tracks. It, it and...
1: is. It is going to be bad news, Bears, for for Benfica. So I think in a lot of ways, it it really is a, a must-win, yeah. if nothing else, just for the morale. Yeah. For the morale standpoint.
2: Just to add to that, I don't think it's a must win. I don't I think they can't lose. If they lose, I'm with you. I think if they draw, it's a poor result, but I don't think it's game over. Yeah, I think yeah, they'll be right. like yeah, yeah, three right. points, right. like three points back. They still gotta play sporting, they can catch them. And like I said, like look at sporting last year. Yeah, yeah. we had like a crazy point lead. We tied three out of four games and yeah, then yeah. it's open again. I don't think yeah. it's a must win, but going talking about morale. If they lose, I think it's it's, I still think it's a must, must win, but it's going to be really, really hard on Bifika. So you're right. I it's not a must win. It's a must not lose. Must not lose. Yeah, and know. one more thing I want to add when does the pressure go on George Jouge? Because I don't know. Like, I, I think he's a good coach,
1: but I think you got to hold him somewhat accountable. 100%. That. 100%. I, man, I, I'll be the first to say I, I've i never been a George Jouge fan. Even when he was with Benfica before, people who know me know I've never liked Georges Zouche as a coach. Ever. When they brought him back, I thought it was a big mistake because I thought everybody who knows me, again, knows I've always liked Bruno Lage. I've been a huge fan of Bruno Lage. I love the way he came into Benfica. Yeah. And I thought it was a big mistake the way we got rid of him. But... He's there. We got to deal with him. It is what it is. But I agree, Matt. At some point, George Jesus does need to be held accountable 100%. Yeah, for sure. You
0: know, uh, Ricky Ferrer was uh, I mean, <coughs> a huge, 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 huge Benfica fan. And he's got uh, That's a. It's an understatement. Of... <laughs> I never seen, somebody, sleeps, I've never seen somebody
2: post so many Eagles in my life. Every time I go on Instagram, <laughs> it's like 15 pictures of uh, Eagles. I, I'm sure he's hard. got
0: pictures of Xavier Rui Costa. <laughs> Nuno Gomes, Jorge Jesus all up on his wall. Yeah. Um, look, Benfica need a response after the Bayern game. I'm worried if we go up a goal. Jorge uh, Jesus doesn't go for the kill uh, like versus Estoril. He also mentions every game is a must when you do the math at the end of the year. You always look back and start adding up the missed points. 100%. There's, there's no denying that every game in a sense is a must win. But to Christian's point, it's it's a definitely a must not lose. You yeah. can you you. There is wiggle room in a season to get away with a single point here or there. You don't want too many of them,
2: but that is certainly a possibility. One thing to add on, like I know it's we uh, we love these kind of derby games, but I'm telling you, uh, Bifika Isturil is just as important as a bifica Braga. If you tie Braga or you tie Isturil it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like people and I'm, I fall guilty with like all the time. It's these big games, but. Every game counts, man. Like, you could you should just be this you should be this pumped up for like a a Befica Morirense, yeah,
1: and this goes like the-
2: every point count in every single game. But just because it's Braga, it doesn't change yeah, anything. You know what I mean? To, I
1: mean? What we've talked about a lot like, the Portuguese league this year is very competitive. You're not going into Vizela thinking it's going to be a five nothing spanking. Like, did you watch the game against Vizela? Of course. I watched the, the end of it. I tuned it in. It's a very well-coached team, man. Very well-coached team. Like, we were very lucky to get out of there with a one nothing win. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man. And the coach said at the end of the game, the Vizela coach said, the, the better team did not win today. And I, I would agree with him. Yeah. yeah. That Vizela team looks very good. Vizela, this is a newly promoted team. Like, BeFika went into Vizela and had a really hard time getting a one nothing win but like this league is is very different yeah. than past past years man the yeah. portuguese soccer has stepped up its level honestly to your point earlier i think it's gracias at coaches like and and ruben and even josh who are raising the bar like it and it's it's making everybody do the same thing and it's it's if if nothing else it's great for portuguese soccer as a well.
2: Yes, for sure. And like I know we didn't get to talk about it uh that much this week, but Sporting Gimenaes, you had a big game. Yeah. Uh, Gimenaes is a really good team, Very man. good team. They the first 15 minutes, you can see they played really really good soccer, man. They have guys like Edwards, Koreshma, you know, fill in the blanks, man. Andre uh, Andre. They have a really really good team and and uh shout out to uh Sebastian Koach. He's got more goals than Paulinho. A record size He's got, uh, I believe it's three goals in two games. He's just been unreal. But like I said, if it wasn't for him scoring, offset plays it would have been a tie. Like the the level is so high right now, and you know what? In a way, I like it. Yeah, like I mentioned great. a couple podcasts ago, I'd rather Sporting win the league with like three losses and six draws than win every game. It's, and yeah. it's just it's just nice to see a competitive league,
0: yeah. which is nice to see. Um, To just wrap up our panel picks, uh, we all picked Portugal to beat the Republic of Ireland, and we're all thinking that Canada is going to be Costa Rica. That Canada-Costa Rica game, by the way, over 40,000 fans are going to be at Commonwealth Stadium. It's going to be cold. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see that. And, of course, then a few days later, Canada takes on Mexico also at Commonwealth Stadium. Over 40,000 tickets. Anyone in the Edmonton area? go out there's still some tickets available they actually put out some good seats up top in the uh, upper bowl this morning so there are some more seats available they're trying to sell it out and daniel Fernandes, uh i can speak for myself yes i'm going to the mexico game cannot wait uh hopefully it'll be just as entertaining and as similar result as the game against el salvador uh, uh, in toronto which i went to back in september what about you guys are you guys heading to the game
2: yes i got tickets uh which I one that to- uh, was that for both games? For both, oh, awesome! I don't care yeah. if it's minus forty. I'm gonna be sitting there. But, Excellent. But uh, I wanted to ask you guys, both you guys, one one thing: Do you think picking Edmonton for those games was a tactic
0: to freeze no. to
2: freeze those players?
0: No. So here's here's the backstory. The only reason why Edmonton got the games is because the Edmonton Elks got COVID. So when the Elks got COVID, their schedule they had to find a way to make up the game or else they would have had to forfeit it because they had, they didn't meet the minimum stretch, uh, threshold of enough players vaccinated. So they needed to figure out a way to to uh, reschedule it. And what ended up happening was the only way they could make it work was shifting around. The Riders game wasn't supposed to be yesterday. It was supposed to be like next Saturday. So they moved that game up, giving themselves a two-week window. Then they looked in Toronto And then they said, okay, well, we're going to move the games that were scheduled for Toronto. We'll move them to Edmonton instead. So Alfonso Davies has been wanting to play at Commonwealth for um, a long time. And uh, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for him. The crowd's going to be nuts. And it's going to be a great opportunity for Edmonton too. FIFA is going to be arriving here two weeks after uh, the games for a site visit to determine host cities for the World Cup 2026. Uh, I mean, look. Canada is one of the host countries. Uh, there's only two cities in the running for host cities. So, yeah, it will be Toronto and Edmonton. There's no doubt about it. But you still want to have a good showing. And having over 40,000 fans at both games is going to be pretty awesome.
2: I, I Honestly, I think it's going to benefit us. you are going to have a bunch of Costa Ricans and a bunch of uh, Mexican players coming to play and potentially minus 15 or minus 10. They're gonna, it's, <laughs> it's only going to benefit us. I, th- I think that's, that's our element. They're going to be out there freezing. 100%. And-
0: Uh, So it will be turf. uh, uh, Rich was just asking natural grass or artificial turf. It will be the turf at Commonwealth Stadium. Um, They are working, though, to make it, you know, uh, soccer friendly. Um, they have the groundskeepers, a guy from Poland, big soccer fan. So he's already been working with the Canadian Soccer Association to make sure that it is in in good condition. But I will say the, the one question that I certainly have about that is Bayern Munich will certainly be keeping a very close eye on on Alfonso Davies. He's had some injury concern a little bit this year. So I certainly would be hesitant with cold turf. That could certainly be a little bit of an issue. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. And uh, yeah, Daniel Fernandes saying grass in 26, 2026 that is the belief that they'll end up ripping out the turf and putting in natural grass for 2026. We so. used
2: to be the only the city with the natural grass. Natural grass I think they should Yeah, exactly. Out. And then they went to turf. It's a lot
0: easier yeah. and and the the fields I mean for football, natural grass will just get chopped up and it turns into a mud bowl. Like it becomes pretty dangerous actually for football, so it's it's that's why they've gone to. And turf it's not like it used to be where it used to be cement essentially, like just like Astro turf over yeah. top of it, it. It's actually good field conditions, so it shouldn't be an issue. I,
2: I'm sure you know about this a lot more, but uh, I heard that turf is better for football because, in terms of impact, when they, they land on the grass, yeah. there's more compression. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that wasn't also another another reason why yeah. the rubber pellets. All right.
0: Let's switch over to our Saji Star of the Week presented by Sagipare North America. Visit SajiPairNorthAmerica.com for more information. I'm going to get the ball rolling on it, and it's no surprise I've used this person before. I'm going to use him again, and it is Jota, 22 years old, two goals, three assists in eight games this season, a goal, and two assists in Europa League. This kid is Awesome. And there are reports now that Celtic is going to make a permanent offer to keep him around. He, This kid is just taking the Scottish Premier League by storm. Celtic fans love him. And I think Portugal fans will love him when eventually one day, hopefully soon, he gets called up to the national team. because I think he deserves it.
1: To your credit, Kev, I would prefer him to Everton right now. Yeah, I wish. And I do wish Befica would have given him more playing time. But yeah, to your point, I would prefer him. I'd be Fiky right now I would, to Somebody like Everton.
2: I, I agree with Mitch, but uh, I was trying to figure out why you liked Jota so much. I think I just figured it out. I know Celtic's very similar to <laughs> I think the, the Green Stripes,
0: and maybe that's I what think, it is. I think that drew you in,
2: and then you you know yeah. started I'm just, Jota. Like, paying attention oh, a little Portuguese. more.
1: And I'm like, yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> he did score a really nice goal in Europa Oh yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, amazing. Like, and is how it works. Or, uh, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> awesome. Mitch,
0: who's your Saji
1: star of the week? <laughs> Ricardo Horta. I love this kid. I hate that he plays for Braga, not Bifica, but this guy I mean I don't know what this guy needs to do to get a call up to the Seleção. but again, uh Braga's in first place in the Europa League. The the guy put out a, a stud of a performance for Braga midweek in the Europa League, three assists um and he just keeps he just keeps impressing me yeah uh, you know it, it, he's so so good I and know. i just don't know what the hell this guy's got to do to get a call up but i i love him he uh you know at, talking about the quality in the portuguese league he's one of those players that outside of the big three that just makes the league that much better uh having a guy like that in in a team outside of the big three is is, is great
2: yeah 100 percent. uh if you're listening uh do me a favor. You want to get called up, score a hat trick uh, on Sunday yeah, there you against Bafika? Go. Be, be good. You'll, you'll get the Trust me, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get your call f- up. You heard <laughs> it here first. And Christian, who do you got? Okay, I switched it up because I got a lot of uh, feedback from you guys. Only fix sporting players. So, uh, well, it's either
0: sporting or it's Cristiano uh, Ronaldo. Which full, <laughs> full disclosure? Full disclosure. I said you may as well pick Cristiano Ronaldo and say he's a Saji star because of the twins, but you've okay. decided not to do that.
2: He might not win uh Ballon d'Or, but he won Ball Ball <laughs> <laughs> Back to back twins. I like it. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, uh I picked uh Joan Castillo. I was gonna I was leaning towards Koach but I picked him already. Joan Castillo, if you didn't know this week he had in two games, he has five assists. Five. And he could have even had more today. He, he, he could have scored. He's, he's just been on fire. Uh, the commentator was saying that he is the best right-footed left-back he's ever seen. And, in he's his life. and he's not even a left-back. And he's not even a left-back. He's naturally a right-back. Honestly, if uh, Kyle Walker wasn't English, uh, he would be playing right-back right now. Yeah, no, he's, he's the best, and right back he's the best left and right-back. He's the best left and right-back. So that is that's, <laughs> that's a, that is another option for uh, Portugal in the future. They yeah. can play in the, uh, at left-back. Given the amount of talent behind the right back, would it's you
1: sure. put him over Nuno Or because I mean, Nuno Mendes is starting to solidify his spot at PSG.
2: It depends. It depends. Like so, he, uh,
1: there's an There's going to be an argument that Nuno could be taking uh, the right spot. Yes. Back yes. Uh, so, so.
2: To be fair, though, and uh, the reason why sometimes I, I do, I am a little bit biased with sports, with sports sporting for sure. <laughs> but you gotta also understand that these players I watch in depth. Week in, week out. So I know these guys' talents. Which you can do the same with Bifika. You'll know both, both certain players and certain attributes a lot more than me because you watch more in depth. So I knew Nuno just is very special player. That's why I was pushing him. Maybe a little bit prematurely. Prematurely, he is an amazing left back. He solidified his uh, left back role in, in PSG. But you know, it, it just like I said, it gives us another option. Cancelo can play left back. Yeah. We have so much right right back talent right no. now. We talked about it. We probably have the most right back depth on the planet right now, uh, maybe bar England with uh, with uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and James. But yeah, like we we have options. It's an just another option for us in our stacked of a national team. We have so much talent coming up, and honestly, I you can make a case that we're one of the favorites for the next World Cup given on what Portugal shows and given that it's it's midseason. Like I know it I keep referring to this, but I don't think people realize how much of an advantage that is having the World Cup midseason. Especially since most of our players play in such a competitive league and play so many games. I remember not making an excuse for him. He should have done better, but a guy like Brun Fernandes I seen a stat that he averaged a game in the last year and a half every three days. So yeah. it's, it's, he had a lot of games under him. So having a, a, a World Cup midseason, like look at the form Bernardo Silva's in, Bruno Fernandes in, Ronaldo. Yeah. Imagine getting those guys on the national team right now in the World Cup. Yeah, You can't argue that you won't get more out of it. 100%. So I, I'm really excited for the next World Cup. And I think it's being Ronaldo's last World Cup, we can make a push for it. Yeah, I don't see wow. why not.
0: And That's a whole other podcast, and maybe we'll do that once we have it, confirmed that Portugal has booked their ticket to Qatar. Uh, guys, we're out of time here. A big thank you to everyone who tuned in live and sent in some great questions. Uh, love the conversation. Um, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yes, if you're going to the Canada game, cheer loud for Canada. Uh, cheer loud for Braga to be Benfica uh and uh yeah no obviously lots of good soccer games coming up ahead so let's enjoy let's have fun let's celebrate Uh, thanks for tuning in as always sending in questions and great comments and we look forward to hearing from you soon have a good one guys.
2: guys see you guys